Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight. We're glad you're here, and we're really excited today to have a conversation with Amy Gannett. She's a writer and a teacher. She's a mom to Emmy. She's the adored wife and co-church planter with her husband, Austin, and she's a great friend to many here. Welcome, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad you're with us. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Here's what I'd love to do. I would love to explore your ministry and calling and the fruit that God has brought. And then if you're up for it, would you stay for a second episode? And then let's get behind the scenes and talk about who you are and what's what's it like in your family. Are you up for that? Always. Okay. Well, then let's talk about tiny theologians. This is the biggest thing I know of. I guess I have friends with little kids. But what is tiny theologians? Well, tiny theologians is a line of discipleship resources for kids ages 2 to 12 to teach them core doctrines of the Christian faith. So it's a series of flashcards. We cover lots of different biblical topics, but the main aim is to help little minds grasp big concepts about a big God. So instead of watering down theology, instead of having moralized Bible stories, our aim is to help kids really know true things about God in a way they can understand. So it's all in flashcard form right now. We have a couple of books coming out in um, 2022. We're really excited about that. But right now, it's all flashcard form, all about theology. Okay, I got an idea. How about a cartoon series? Oh, that's that's <laughs> nuts, Jason. <laughs> no, I love this though. So flashcards, helping kids. You know, it's true. Looking back at Sunday school, and, and I went to a great church, but I mean, I just think some of the curriculum, maybe sort of David and Goliath was a moral story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, fight your Goliath. And, and everybody, we all heard that. But it's just not that. Yeah, and I think we're actually seeing a big movement right now towards better resources for kids. Yeah. I think previously Sunday school may have been viewed a bit more like, let's take care of kids, let's get them interested and excited about the Bible and the stories that are in there. Mm. And so when that's the aim, which is not a bad aim, yep. let's be really clear, we want kids to be excited about God's Word. But if that's the aim, then we're left to say, um, kids, how cool is it that somebody was swallowed by a whale? How cool was it that right. Daniel was in the lion's den? And so what we want to say is Daniel was so brave and um, Jonah did big things with God. We, that's what we're left with. But instead, um, the harder thing, I would say that's a good aim. And maybe it's a little bit easier than saying we want to take the truths of God's word And as adults, as teachers, Mm -hmm. as parents, as um, those who are shepherding little hearts, we want to say we want to know God's word and the truth that the Bible articulates about him, which is how we would define theology. We want to know those so well and distill them so simply that they lose none of their richness, but kids can grasp them. And so that's the harder challenge. But I think we're actually in a generation where we're actually seeing a lot of really great resources in this way come about. And so I'm just, I'm excited to be a part of this movement towards more theologically rich content for kids. Where did you get the idea? Well, the idea came in a season of life where I was doing theological training for women. And I have an online membership where I teach women theology and I teach the Bible verse by verse. And I had this big gap. And When I started noticing it, I wanted to ask more about it. So I had a lot of early career people, people that were married, no kids, seminary students, single people. And then I had a lot of empty nesters or parents of teens and tweens um, Mm. that were a part of this membership. And I thought, I've got this big gap. 
where are all the women that I'm seeing in my local church that have young kids? I mean, that in the church is so much of the life of women's ministry. And so I, I started thinking, why is there this vacancy? Yeah. And honestly, I thought I'm probably not presenting it in an accessible way, or I'm probably not presenting it in a way that um, is captivating for them. So I started doing some inquiring with women in my audience. And the thing I kept hearing is, oh, we do not have time to study mm. theology. We just don't have the capacity. We've got little kids. So much of our day is diapers and bottles. And we just yeah, don't have the capacity so for that. Yep. Um, or I'm running to preschool. I'm sitting in the preschool line. What do you have that I can do in three minutes or less? And um, mm. I was hearing a lot of that. And so what I decided to do, um, well, actually, I noticed that. And then a second thing in tandem with it women were, these young moms were going to the longest extents to teach their kids about other things, to teach their kids about God, to teach their kids um, about history, to help them with their homework. I saw moms putting a ton of effort into all these other resources to train their children. And so I thought, what would it look like to create a set of flashcards that taught kids theology and in doing so capture moms? Mm. Um, and so it, my starting time with theologians really was my subversive, in the positive sense, subs yeah, yeah. subversive attempt to capture moms' minds and hearts to learn and love theology. And so I made the ABCs of theology, yeah. sold it through my website where I was teaching theology to moms. I, Tiny Theologians wasn't a brand at that point. I didn't have my own website. I just called them Tiny Theologians Flashcards, the ABCs of theology. And all of a sudden, I had all these moms saying... I didn't know what atonement was. Right. I didn't know the role of Israel in the Old Testament. I didn't know some of these things that I'm now learning. I didn't know how to define sanctification. But now that they're teaching their kids, they're alert to it. They're willing to invest the time and energy in it. And so it was a really neat thing to see parents learn alongside their kids. And so I thought we're really, we're on to something here as we yeah. can capture kids' hearts. Um, my goal as a resourcer is to resource parents. Um, so that they can do the work of discipleship. Mm -hmm, I don't, I mm -hmm. never cast the vision for Time of Theologians as discipling children. It's resourcing parents with discipleship tools so right. that they can do the work. Because if, if we as parents know it, our kids are going to capture, we're going to capture their hearts and capture their loves and their minds so much more effectively. And we're always discipling our children. Yes. But for what is yes. the question? Like we're just always doing that. Anything I do in life, my I'm inviting my kids into just yeah. because of how I live. Every parent is. And so often I'm discipling them for TV or discipling them yeah. for playing on their phone or something because that's what I'm doing. So, you know, you it, you jack jack up a mom or a dad on, wow, this is what atonement is, yeah. sanctification, this is what... Oh, that's exciting. Well, so this and, is really cool. And they're going to have a theology. Is the thing, I think a lot of parents... Um, like, it's really yeah. sobering when we hear that. Um, it, it can be surprising at first and we think, oh no, my kids already have a theology. But the truth is, is if... Theology is just what we think and believe about who God is. Kids are going to grow into some sort of concept of who God is. Yeah. And they're going to derive it from their parents, and they're going mm -hmm. to derive it from their peers, and mm -hmm. from the culture around them, from the places they play, and the places that they go to school. They're going to build yeah. a theology. And we want it to be a theology that's rooted in God's Word. And so... We don't have to train them to be theologians. Right. The truth is, is we already are theologians if we have a view of God. They already have a theology. They are th tiny theologians. We just want to help um, to partner with God in helping direct that to be a theology rooted in God's word. So in one sense, the call is so much weightier than we may have already realized. Yeah. But in the other sense, it's, it's, 
it's in process. Kids are learning about God. And so we just have the privilege of saying, let's find who God is in his word. Mm-hmm. So this has really taken off. It, it has in the last like two, it, it, the company Tiny Theologians is um, three years old now. Wow. Um, it's only been incorporated for two and a half years. So it's been really fun to watch it grow. Yeah. And it's just really going. So are you still filling orders in your living room? Um, it's in the garage now. So we've really stepped it up. Um, we sort of decided when Emerson was born, we really couldn't share a wall. I couldn't fill orders on one side of the wall and have her trying to nap on the other side of the wall. So it's now all in the garage. Um, but this has been the first season where I've had somebody help me fill orders. This Christmas season, I've had oh, two good. girls kind of come, you know, on maybe twice a week and help me fill orders. But really, up until two weeks ago, I filled every single order by hand. Wow. So I'm, I'm glad that it's growing, but I'm glad that it's growing so that I can have somebody else help fill orders. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, my goodness. That is so much fun. So what are what is some of the feedback? Like what's the best thing you've heard? I mean, best is maybe a hard thing to answer, right. but like like from from a parent, from a dad, from a mom mm. saying, Oh, this is what I've just loved. So two comments immediately come to mind. One of my favorite things is that I had um, a mom purchase the Family Tree of Christ Advent cards, which mm-hmm. are really big right They're now this so time good. of year. Yeah, so of course. we're recording this in December. So we're approaching Christmas. Yep. I'm hearing from so many families. We love studying the Family Tree of Christ. Well, they had this family in particular wrote to me that they had like a four and a seven-year-old and then like a um, teen. And their teen kind of hung around, listened to family devotionals, even though these tools are geared towards younger kids. But the Family Tree of Christ focuses on the genealogy of Jesus from Abraham to the coming of Christ. So it goes generation by generation and looks at all of the people God includes in the Family Tree of Christ. Well, that teenager graduated from high school and went to Bible school and took Old Testament survey and said, Mom, I already know all of this because I did the Family Tree of Christ by Tiny Theologian. So great. That made me so excited. As a Bible school grad, I felt so thrilled. Um, The second thing that was really meaningful to me recently... And because it's not academic, it's entering into your story, your family story. Like, I love to hear my aunts and uncles talking about what life was like back then. Well, that's what we're doing with -hmm. with the family tree of Christ. It's our family tree because we're in Christ. That's exactly right. So it's just not academic. That's what what this resource in particular does. It shows how the whole family tree of Christ was woven together. And then God has made the invitation through Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ for you and I to be grafted in. Um, And so it's a really, it really is laying out the gospel. It's not church. We don't want to call this church history. We don't call this an Old Testament survey. We call this the gospel because all the way from Abraham to the coming of Christ to you and me today, God has been displaying his grace in every generation. So that was really exciting to me. The other story that comes to mind is there was a six-year-old that was using the One with Christ cards. The One with Christ cards present salvation and the gospel narrative in terms of union with Christ. So it teaches kids that when we are saved, we are found in Christ. That's why Paul uses his language throughout the New Testament. We are in Christ. And all of these different aspects of salvation are related to being in Christ. So we are saved because we are united to the saving one. We are redeemed because we are united to the redeemer. All of these different aspects. So this mom was using these cards with their kids and they had a babysitter come over who was a college student um, and ended up, the child ended up overhearing a conversation between the mom and the babysitter about how she was wrestling with things of faith. How do I know if I'm saved? And the six-year-old came into the kitchen with her one with Christ card and laid them out and says, this is how you know if you are saved, if you are in Christ. And I just thought that is, we want little six-year-olds that are so confident about how 
how can I know if I'm in Christ? How do I know if I'm saved? Um, and, and to know it so strongly that they can articulate it. I just yeah. thought that is such a picture of my heart behind these cards, kids that know Jesus and want to love and share him too. You know, they say, so like in Europe, where everybody has to learn two, three, four languages, mm -hmm. everybody learns them by the time they're five and six years old, the, the rudiments of all of those languages. Mm -hmm. Here, we never learn another language, most of us, and we're at such a, such a disadvantage. But it's the same with the language of the gospel. You put it in, in flashcard form, and, and you know, mom and dad loving them and family and older yeah. siblings, and they just know the language. And that's just what's coming yeah. out of this six-year-old. What a fantastic story. Well, it's neat because theology can feel really intimidating, even if you have just approached the idea of theology and theological language yeah. as an adult, you can feel like a real outsider to it. Yeah. Yep. And if once we start exploring it, we realize it's really not intimidating. It's just the language of our faith. We're just really, artic we've, we've found vocabulary words to articulate true things that God's word talks about. Mm -hmm. Like sanctification can sound like a really intimidating word, but we just know it's how God makes us more like himself throughout our Christian life. Mm -hmm. um, so once you know that, it doesn't feel intimidating to say sanctification. But if we can introduce it to kids earlier, hopefully my, my desire and my prayer and very real hope is that kids who have been introduced to these concepts at a young age, when they get to the hard questions that they're they're going to ask in high school, they're yeah. going to ask yeah. in college, they're going to ask in their early career life, that they already have an access point to explore things of faith because they, they've never, they're not feeling like an outsider. They're asking right. it with the right tools equipped to ground them in God's word. So that would be the hope of these resources. We don't just want to fill their heads with a bunch of mm -hmm. trivia. This yeah. isn't saying, do you know what sanctification is, kids? Right. I'm going to, we're doing flashcards to quiz you. But the point is that as we know more about God, we can grow in loving him as well and root ourselves in God's words. So that's my hope for the whole line of Tiny Theologians resources. Well, what's next for Tiny Theologians? Well, we have a series of books coming out okay. um, with B&H Kids okay. Publishing House. We're really excited about those. Um, so those are going to come out. But one of the things that I hope to see more and more through the Tiny Theologians line are resources um, specifically board books for young kids that introduce them to characters in church history. We're finding mm. as we navigate some of this season of cultural life, I've heard from a lot of parents that um, everything we're facing in 2020, that everything that we're yeah, going to face in 2021 is totally unprecedented. But if we know our church history, we know that we're just not the first to face difficult cultural times. Uh, we're not the first to feel like we're in a cultural battle for... Um, whether it's something like religious freedom or a way to articulate to a culture that is non-Christian or post-Christian the gospel, we're, we're just not going to be the first to experience some of these yeah. Yeah. difficulties. And so I think if we can expose kids and thereby their parents to some of these characters who have lived difficult lives but said yes to what God called them to, I think we're going to see a lot of fruit in coming generations. So that's one thing I hope to focus on in the coming years. Oh, I think that's fantastic. Tiny historians. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, and and then also the cartoon. Like, I think the cartoon <laughs> series will, will bring now on. Uh, as soon as you want to animate it for me, Jason, we'll sign up. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll do the voiceover. <laughs> okay, great. Um, uh, well, okay. So links to Tiny Theologians can be found in the description, and we'd love to, you know, uh, point anyone there and and so on. But there's another whole part. So we've talked tiny theologians, which I love. And, and I actually have 17 more questions, but I'm going to stop right there. And let's shift because you also mentioned that actually tiny theologians is a fruit 
of an earlier ministry as a Bible teacher and a writer. Let's talk about that. Tell us what that is all about. Yeah, this is my um, primary passion, is one of the primary callings that I feel like the Lord has in my life mm -hmm. ever since I went And I'd to... affirm it. I would Thank affirm you. it. I appreciate that. Um, ever since I went to Bible school and then went on to seminary, this has been my desire is to teach the Bible um, and to teach it in depth and to help people discover how to study the Bible in depth on their own. Um, when I went to seminary and when I went to Bible school... When, now, actually, when I look back on that experience, I look back and really what happened was I sat in classes where they handed me tools for my Bible study toolbox. Hmm. They said, this is how you do a word study. This is yeah. how, you do, how you study the culture that a book of the Bible was originally written to. Here's how you explore who the author is. And so they filled up for me a toolbox that I got to take with me. And yeah. every time I open my Bible in my quiet time, I'm not sitting and thinking, how would I approach this if I was a seminary student? I'm just pulling out the tools in my toolbox and it's showing me more of who God is in his word. And the more we know of God, we can grow in love for him in tandem. Yeah. Um, it, we don't want to be uh, academic snobs about the Bible. That's not the goal. No, but no. Jen Wilkins says it really well. We can't love someone we don't know. And so we don't want to be people who say, I worship God, but we have no idea who he has said he is in the scriptures. Um, and so I open my Bible and have this toolbox to use as I explore who God is and grow in knowledge of him and love for him in tandem. Um, and I hear from, I've heard from a lot of other people, from a lot of women in particular, um, I don't know how to do that. I need a Bible mm. study. I need a devotional to guide my time in the word. Um, and just opening my Bible, unless I'm reading the Psalms, I feel really intimidated to open it. I feel really yeah. intimidated yeah. to dive into it. And so I feel like seminary and Bible school gave me this toolbox, but not everybody can go get that toolbox through sitting in classes. Right. And so I want to make some of the most accessible tools available mm -hmm. um, and say, you know, study the book of, um, well, I actually think it's funny that we don't feel intimidated by the Psalms. The more I study the Psalms, <laughs> the more I think we need more tools to study the book of Psalms. Yeah. But um, I want to say study the book of Philippians with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to identify who the author is. We're going to identify his situation as he's writing this. I'm going to show you the the contextual clues that tell us what he's doing, who he is, what he's like, what his relationship to the audience is like. We're going to look at the original audience, hmm. um, what they were like, what their situation was. And the point isn't to say, study Philippians with me. Okay, now you're done. Now you need to study another book of the Bible with me because now I am your Bible teacher. The point is now you know how to do those things. Yeah. So yeah. it's study this with me. And as you go pick up tools and now go study your Bible. So that is my um, burden and calling and delight. I say burden in sense of it, it's the the weight of the calling that I carry. It's what keeps me going because I want people to know how to study their Bibles. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, we're not going to be able to constantly have a stream of devotionals in our lives. As good as they are, as right. valuable as right. they are, um, we are going to be left with the eternal word of God. Mm -hmm. And so we want to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. So that's my goal with verse by verse Bible studies is to walk people through books of the Bible in such a way that they pick up tools along the way. And though it's not good business sense, it's not good marketing. I want to work myself out of a job as yeah. a Bible teacher so that people who sit under this teaching, then they don't, they don't need um, somebody to guide them. They can just open their Bibles and study it. Yeah. I love that. I just love that. It's like, it's like taking the cooking class. Yes, I mean, exactly. It's, it's, so you learn how to cook so yeah. the kitchen doesn't intimidate you and you make these amazing things. Yes. And, and then all of a sudden the Psalms, Philippians, Job, Genesis, it just becomes, 
I mean, it's just Moses the word. becomes your friend. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see how God keeps opening those doors. And I love what you're doing there. Um, you're, and, and some of that is subscription-based. Yes. Or, or people can mm-hmm. kind of take one course or just like, like have access to take as mm-hmm. many as they like, which is good because like me, I'm a slow learner. Yeah. I, might, I might not just get it in Philippians. I might need to take three mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> Well, a lot of, one of the things I wanted to do is make it so that if somebody just wants to study Philippians, if their small group wants to do it, they can mm-hmm. all enroll in Philippians. All of my studies right now are digitally based. Um, yeah. We're adding more print studies also, but right now you can access any of them digitally. You can enroll in one course, but I, I am a person who wants to have the choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am sort of, this, this is a quirk of my personality and you knowing my husband, you can imagine how much this drives him mad, but I'm a returner. <laughs> so if I order something online, and it's not the resource I thought it was going to be like, I will hit that Amazon return slip. Like, because yeah, yeah. I, I am very frugal. And so if I purchase something, I really wanted to live up to my expectations. And so one of the great things about the membership is somebody can say, I'm going to study Philippians. And they're like, this actually isn't hitting my life today. I need something that is going to inform how I pray. And so they can, if they're a member, they can just switch over to Psalms and they can right. come back to Philippians. Yep. Yep. Um, or I've had a lot of people say, I really want, I have a study on the book of Lamentations. And there are a lot of people that jump into that and they say, I didn't know that I could study grief in the word of God, grief and repentance. Yes. Yeah. And so that study can be a really great fit for someone. But if you're not in that season, maybe it's not going to hit you right where God has you right now. So the membership is an easy way for people to have really affordable access to the whole library and they can study whatever they want. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. One more thing. You are also writing a book and you've been talking about that a little bit online. I'm not huge on Twitter, so I, I, but I hear about it, you know, these things. Um, tell us about what the book is, what you're writing, why, who it's with, when it's coming, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, then I got some more questions for you on it. <laughs> the book is called Fix Your Eyes. Fix Your Eyes. How Theology Shapes Our Worship. So yes. it's exactly what I was talking about, how we yes. look at, we want to look at God's word, um, build a theology of who God is and let that lead us to worship. The impetus behind the book or the passion behind the book was when I graduated from seminary, I stepped into the women's ministry world and I found that I was really in one of two camps. I was either hmm. in a Bible study that was like really set on thinking well about God's word. So we studied the Bible in depth. And we loved theology in those circles. And there was, there was a lot of academically rigorous um, resources in that circle. Or I could go to events on the flip side that were very worship-based. Um, they were, we did a lot of worship music. We did a lot of prayer and um, interceding for one another. So there were sort of experiences that were either falling on the theological side of things or falling on the worship side of things. Huh. And I... I really wanted to see those come together because as we know, if we know God, we love him and it should, yeah. our theology should pour out in worship. Um, and I found that dichotomy in my own heart too. It wasn't like I was looking out and saying, oh, wow, everybody's doing it wrong. I felt it in my own heart. I want to either do theology in such a way that I know a lot and that can make me proud. It can make me cold hearted towards God because I know a lot of things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. um this is not a kosher phrase to use, um, but I use it in our local church and our women's ministry circles. Um, I use it in the book, but we can become like theologically constipated because we have all this knowledge of God, but it has nowhere to go. We're just storing it yeah. up, right? So it's it's really an illness, right? Yep. We don't want to be people who are just hoarding knowledge of God with no outlet 
for worship. And the proper outlet for theology is worship. Um, when we is. know God, we want to love him. And our lives, worship is not just what we sing. It's not just how we feel towards God, but it's how we live our lives of Christian discipleship. Mm. And so our theology should show up in our love of neighbor, in our pursuit of justice, in our selflessness in our home, um, in our deference for other believers in our local church context. It should show up in these other ways, including our affections for God. And so this book um, aims to bring these two together. Mm -hmm. and to show how all theology leads to worship. And so it's structured like a systematic theology. It covers different theological concepts like a systematic theology would. So we start with the Trinity, yeah. we go to the Incarnation, we go to Christology and Soteriology and Ecclesiology, Final Things Theology. We, I'm going to look up all, all those words. These. I know better than that. Um, we're going to explore all of these topics, but in such a way that that makes that that theological concept accessible. We explain it simply. If I, I am not a 4.0 GPA student in any situation in any of my life. So if I can understand it, anybody can understand it. So we explain it simply. We show how it's rooted in God's word. And then we show how does this apply? How, where do we live this out in our lives of daily worship? How do our hearts posture towards God in worship? And how should this show up in our lives of Christian discipleship? So Fix Your Eyes is mm. all about how theology leads to worship. And it is with B&H Publishing. I'm yeah. very grateful for their team. The book is, yep. the manuscript submitted it is in editing process right now. I'm very thankful for their work on editing it. So you get Christmas off. That's right. Christmas <laughs> is off until they send edits back. I'm yep, sure I'll right. have a lot of work um, to do at that point. But yep. it is coming out September of 2021. September of 2021. That is going to be so good to read. Uh, as you wrote it, you must have fallen more in love with the Lord. It is absolutely true. So it, it true. did what it, it was supposed absolutely. to do, even in your life. Yes, it is so interesting to be a person that is... Um, I've heard all of these things that I was writing, I was not writing for the first time. I had written, written yeah, seminary yeah. papers, but there is something, and you know this to be true, whether you're writing a sermon, whether you're writing a blog post, and you're writing true things about God, that it grips you all over again, mm -hmm. and you think, this is not just interesting, yeah. it is true. Yes. And that is really exciting. Yeah. It's amazing we get paid to do this stuff. I know. It's amazing. I mean, I love introducing people to the Lord. Uh -huh. So the subtitle of that book, uh, Worship as a Suppository? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm just it kidding. Could That's be. Terrible. It could be. <laughs> no, I don't know. All right. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit more about the behind the scenes of Tiny Theologians and all that good stuff. Again, the links are in the description here uh, on the video page. Come back for part two as Amy shares a little bit more behind the scenes of her regular life and what that looks like. So thanks for being with us on Encounter Grace. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.